This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Cleveland Browns. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Dan Kadar, joined as always by Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich. Nate, how are you doing? Good, Dan. How are you? Very, very good. We are here to cover uh, the, the NFL schedule release, the Browns schedule release that came out on Wednesday of this week. We're recording just before noon on Thursday. So we're going to talk some some Browns stuff. If you missed any of our coverage, we've had a lot of, of schedule coverage. It's over at beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns. And in addition to a lot of schedule stuff that's up there, there is a really good story from Nate on uh, rookie cornerback Greg Newsome. Uh, Nate, why don't you tell everybody real quick about that story before we get into the schedule talk. Sure. Um, Greg Newsome, the second, uh, who starred at Northwestern as a cornerback and obviously was drafted by the Browns two weeks ago in the first round, uh, 26th overall. He has uh, somebody who really understands what it's like to be at the top of a collegiate sport in his corner and it's his girlfriend. She is a star basketball player for Northwestern and she's going back, uh, you know, for another season, she's got three under her belt. So she'll still be at Northwestern, but she aspires to play in WNBA and she has the type of resume right now to suggest that she will be a WNBA draft pick. So I thought it was kind of cool because I've covered a lot of Browns players in the last dozen years, uh, a lot of draft picks. And sure, there are guys who significant others, uh, you know, played college sports. But I don't remember anybody um, who had a wife or girlfriend who was, you know, a a draft pick in another sport, um, kind of a standout at the level that Veronica Burden is. Um, so they are a Northwestern power couple and now they're going to become a Cleveland power couple. And she, um, is from a really interesting family, uh, that has a rich history at, at Northwestern. Her dad is a former quarterback. Uh, her three uncles played football there too. Uh, her grandfather, uh, his name is Ron Burden senior. Uh, he died in 2003, but he is a legend. Uh, he was an All-American halfback at Northwestern. He got drafted in the AFL and NFL. He played for the Boston Patriots uh, from 1960 to 1965. He's got a training complex named after him in Massachusetts. And he's got an academic advisory center named after him at Northwestern. So she is like Northwestern royalty. And 
you know, obviously, uh, you know, her profile is, is, is becoming huge on her own uh, with her achievements in basketball. She's going to compete this summer for uh, Team USA in what's called the America Cup. And she has to make a final cut, but um, she's likely to, to be on that final team that, that's going to end up playing in the America Cup uh, in Puerto Rico. So I think it's cool because Greg Newsom was on the couch, uh, you know, draft draft night with surrounded by friends and family. Veronica right by his side and they are very competitive with, with each other and they play basketball, they run races, um, they really push each other hard, but they also support each other, they also uplift each other. She was there on his big night, and he hopes to be right next to her in the future when her name's called in, in the WNBA draft. So I talked to both of them about it. They were really um, generous with their time and really helpful and, and, and really open about their stories. So I'm very thankful that they shared with me and I thought, um, you know, it was, it gave kind of a cool, different look into the personality and life of a new high profile Browns player. Yeah. It's a really fun story and it's, you know, uh, I always like either super hardcore nerdy football stuff or the stuff that's like, circling the orbit but still related to football and, and that's what that story does a really nice job of it's a different look at like you said the newest browns player so check that out it's a good story but nate let's talk schedule um specifically but let's just jump right into it um it came out early wednesday morning the browns would open the season against the chiefs i think a lot of people expected that it's the, the big game of the week, quite frankly. It's the Jim Nance, Tony Romo calling the game on, on CBS. Um, there, there will probably be more eyes on that game than the Sunday night game. So re- really quickly, what, what are your thoughts on just out of the gate? You get arguably the best team in the AFC and the team that knocked the Browns out of the playoffs. What do you think of that in a week one? I'm all for great stories, so I think it's it's a really cool thing to have that rematch right out of the gate. Um, I do think it's going to be really challenging for the Browns. Uh, when I played the schedule game yesterday with George Thomas and Steve Dorschick, as we reacted, we did a video. I had the Browns losing that game. Now, these are not my final predictions, and they can change, but the bottom mm-hmm. line is Arrowhead is tough. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Um, Andy Reid, Sandy Reid, this is one of the few teams uh, right now that I would I would pick to beat the Browns. I think the Browns are, are in the mix for one of the best teams in the league, but, you know, I would put Tampa Bay and Kansas City ahead of them, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl in February. And playing at Arrowhead is, is very difficult. Patrick Mahomes is 10-0 in September. The Chiefs has won their last six openers. Uh, Andy Reid is 14-8 and eight in openers. And George Thomas fought me on this yesterday, and we got had some good debates. He's got the Browns in this game because he says the Chiefs have a new offensive line, 
and it's going to be really difficult for those guys to get on the same page in week one. And I think that's a huge factor. And I, I tip my hat to George. I said, that's a great point. The only thing I uh, keep coming back to as a counter, and I think it has the slight edge over George's um, you know, point about the offensive line, is that the Browns' defense needs to gel and there's potentially going to be nine new starters out of 11 players on that side of the ball. Miles Garrett and, and Denzel Ward, the only virtual locks, you know, barring inju- injury, they're locks to be in that starting lineup. The rest of the guys could be new to the team. And you're talking about not just the communication that you would need among, you know, five on- offensive linemen, but an entire defense, all three levels, the secondary um, probably being the one that needs to get that communication, the rhythm, the trust, the timing, all that down pat more than any of the other units on D. And that's not exactly easy against Patrick Mahomes, against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and an Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy offense. So you can go either way. George and I went round and round with it. We're going to agree to disagree. But the bottom line is Joe Woods is going to have to get these guys to gel in a spectacular fashion and hit the ground running if the Browns want to pull off this upset on the road to begin the season. Keep in mind, the Browns are not in person right now. You know, um, they're doing the virtual offseason program. Uh, That'll change just for the rookies the next three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there'll be rookie minicamp in person. But the veterans are doing the virtual program with the coaches just like last year. So, hey, this coaching staff brought it all together last year and it worked out great. They won 11 and 5, 1 and 1 in the playoffs, played the Chiefs tight, lost in the divisional round at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes missed most of the second half. Uh, so that was a factor too. But, you know, you've got all this kind of coming back, all those feelings coming back up, and you get to kind of try to exercise those demons in week one. So I think it's really, really fascinating, and what a way to start the season. It it really, really is. I, I'm, I'm so excited for that game, and um, just the, the, the problem is the, the notion that Andy Reid can't get a offensive line to gel together in the preseason leading up to week one, I think is a kind of a silly notion. I, I think the chiefs will be perfectly fine. I think that might be a loss for the Browns, but man, it, if you had to look at the whole NFL schedule and pick out, you know, the 10 best games of the whole season to me, that that one is on there for sure. And I, I think it's, if the Browns win, Man, that that is a statement and a half, and the the, the hype is going to be incredible if the Browns happen to go to Kansas City and beat a healthy Patrick Mahomes. Um, but Nate, after that game, if you were to pinpoint one game on the schedule that is the most intriguing or most important. Which which do you think it is? Because I, I have one in mind for sure. Do you, do you have one that's like 
it's like flashing red red lights in your face. Like this is the game of the season after the Chiefs game. Sure. Week fourteen, Baltimore at Cleveland. And the reason why is because once you get past that Chiefs game, there are some interesting things. Obviously, at Green Bay on Christmas is interesting because it's on Christmas. It's the first time for the Browns playing on Christmas. It's Green Bay. It'll be a spotlight game. And if the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, it's going to be a hell of a challenge and a very tough upset to pull on the road for the Browns, just like the Chiefs game. But once you get past the Chiefs and the Packers and the Aaron Rodgers mystery, I think the most fascinating part of the schedule is the fact that they have it backloaded with AFC North games. Now, the Browns had their most successful season in 26 years last year, and they finished third in the division. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's stunning. I mean, they went 11-5, and five and they finished third in the division. Now, the asterisk there is they went two and one against the Steelers, who won the division. Um, but they also went zero and two against the Ravens. The Ravens finished eleven and five, and therefore the Browns were in third place. The Ravens in second place. Ravens getting the head-to-head tiebreaker there. So that all brings us to this season, in which they're not going to play an AFC North game until Halloween. That's when they have the Steelers at 1 p.m. kickoff. Halloween's on a Sunday. I find that very interesting because that starts the stretch of final 10 games of the season. Remember, we have 17 now. And in that final 10 games, all six of their AFC North games are in that final 10. And the most fascinating part and quirkiest part of that is the Ravens' back-to-back games. They play them at Baltimore in week 12. And I think that's the Sunday night game. And then they play Mm -hmm. at Cleveland in week 14. In between those two games, the Browns have their week 13 bye. It's a late bye, but they get the bye in between those games. Meanwhile, the Ravens play the Steelers in week 13. So my whole thing is, The most important statistic that no one talks enough about when it comes to 2020 Browns is that they went 0-2 against the Ravens. As good of a season as it was, they went 0-2 against the Ravens. And if you don't think they rebuilt their defense in large part because of Lamar Jackson and the heroics he pulled off against them, then I think you're looking at this the wrong way. I think Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is drafted by the Browns largely to combat Lamar Jackson. Now, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen. Those are guys they got to get past in the playoffs too in the AFC, the dual threats. But the guy in their division is the main priority. The Browns haven't won their division since 1989. They've never won the AFC North. It wasn't even, back then it wasn't the AFC North. (laughs) So, (laughs) to win the division... To get the home playoff games that you want, to give yourself the best chance to go where you want, and that's a Super Bowl, you win the division, you give yourself the most advantageous path in the postseason, if you do that, um, that that gives you, you know, your best bet if you can get one of those high seeds. And 
I just think that, you know, it's going to be tough, and I'm not predicting a sweep against Baltimore because of how much respect I have for that team and John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL. But if you're the Browns, and I'm going to say it in May, you're looking at week 14 with the circumstances. The circumstances are that you're coming off a bye against a team you need to get over the hump against, and they're coming off a game with the Steelers. In May, must win sounds crazy, but week 14 lines up like a must win. I that That's the one I have down too, and I – I don't want to be over dramatic about it, but man, if the Browns lose week 12 to Baltimore, I think you're dead on that that week 14 game not only becomes a must win for the the playoffs in the division. I I, I really think these these two Baltimore back-to-back games, I, I'm fascinated the NFL did this, but I, I kind of think that the, these two Baltimore games is what is going to really stamp Baker Mayfield as a either legit tier one quarterback in the NFL, if he can get over this Baltimore hump, or if he really is like in the, the middle of the pack in the NFL, you know, assuming he's going to have a new contract this summer. Um, I, I don't think that's going to come into play for this, but I think that the national perception of Baker Mayfield is going to be determined by these two Baltimore games. And if they lose week 12, that that's going to be a really tough game, by the way, in Baltimore in prime time. That, that week 14 game, you're coming off a bye. Like you said, you're coming off the Ravens playing the Steelers, who those two teams just murder each other. That, that week 14 game is is the big one to me. And I'm, I'm also kind of fascinated by uh, week 15 against the Raiders. Yeah. Because, you know, last year we, we talked fairly often, especially in the lead up to the season, like how the Browns will do against their peers in the AFC, you know, the, the Colts, for instance, um, the Titans. Raiders are, yeah, the Titans. The, the Raiders are in that group, I think. You yeah, know, maybe they're the maybe they're in the lower tier of that group. But the, these AFC games, man, having that in the, the back part of the schedule where you've got all these division games, you've got that Packers game on Christmas Day, which Doug, um, that that Raider game, man, we don't know when it is. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a Saturday or Sunday. We don't know what time it is. It, that that's a big one. I think I, I I think that's low key one of the most important games on the schedule. It is. It's a perfect way to say it. And don't forget that the Raiders came in last season in bad bad weather, and they took it to the Browns, and they beat the Browns. And this is probably going to be a weather game. I mean, the odds are, you know. December 18th or 19th, like you said, TBD on which one. But, yeah, the weather's usually not pleasant at that time of year in Northeast Ohio. So we're talking about a brutal stretch, I think. And this is a really talented team that can handle brutal stretches. But those are the those are the patches of the schedule that they need to be at their best. And you're talking about back-to-back against Baltimore. 
which is the most interesting part. But then, yeah, the Raiders come to town after doing what they did last season here. At Green Bay, again, if Aaron Rodgers is quarterbacking the Packers, that's as tough as it gets. And then Pittsburgh in the penultimate game. Then you get Cincinnati at home to close it out. But, you know, you do have to go um, at Green Bay and at Pittsburgh, you know, in week 16 and 17. So that right there, what is that? One, two, that's like a five, that's a five-game stretch there where you're going to be, you you very well should be in, in the thick of the playoff race and, and, and the Browns have their way and, and should be for the division too. I mean, you should be right in the thick of those races and that five-game stretch is going to determine a lot about how the playoffs look for the Browns. Mm-hmm. So with, with that said, how important is it that the Browns get off to a, a strong start when you have teams like Houston and Chicago in Cleveland in weeks two and three. Um, the Denver game is kind of not a gimme, but that that's early in the schedule. How important is a, is a strong start for this team then? I mean, I think it's really important. I, I mean, when I played the schedule game, I first of all, for the purposes of the schedule game, I kept Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay because <laughs> it'd be just too confusing if he wasn't. You right, know, you, you have to you have to do something there. You, yeah, you could throw him and you could throw him to the Broncos. The Browns are still going to play him, but mm-hmm. I kept him in Green Bay, and I ended up with twelve and five. Okay, now having said that, in the last six, I have three and three because of the stretch we're talking about. I have him splitting with the Ravens. I have him losing to the Raiders and the Packers with. Aaron Rodgers there. And then I have him winning out the last two uh, at Pittsburgh and, and at home in the, the regular season finale and home finale against the Bengals. So if, if if it shapes up that way, three and three down the stretch, yeah, you need a strong start to get to that 12 and five. I mean, I think that there are some, some you know, difficult games early on too. You know, we talked about Kansas City, you know, Houston. Um, Brown should be able to take care of business there. I, I mean, at this point, the most stunning development in the NFL would be if Deshaun Watson were to play soon. Um, so I've got them beating Houston without much thought. Chicago made the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight last year. That's an interesting one because are we, gonna, are we talking about Justin Fields? I mean, is he going to be starting at that point? Is he, if he is, it would, that's going to be obviously early, very early. That'd be in the infancy of his NFL career. Mm-hmm. So maybe you take, you know, you should be able to, you would like to think, take advantage of a rookie at home. And, but then, you know, at Minnesota and at the LA Chargers, those are tough ones, I think. Um, I actually penciled them in for a win at Minnesota and Stefanski's return there. And, but a loss against the Chargers on the road. Just going out to the West Coast can get funky, and they've got a good young quarterback. Um, Arizona here, Dan. That for some reason, I think that that could be like an overtime game. Like I don't know, <laughs> I, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, uh, JJ Watt coming here. I just there's a lot going on there. Um, the the Browns had that disaster in the desert a couple of years ago in her Freddie Kitchens, but yeah, yes. I mean, you know. The Cardinals were, were a little disappointing last year, but I think they're they're really talented. 
Hey, they just took Zayvon Collins and put him in the middle of their defense. Um, and we talked about him a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J.J. Watt's there, too. So, yeah. That, so. That, that Cardinals game, to me, I love that it's week six as kind of like a blueprint for how you stop a mobile quarterback before the two Baltimore games. That's a great point. Yeah, it gives them a little tune-up in that area with the new-look defense. Yeah, and it is worth noting that that game from two years ago, that disastrous Freddie Kitchens game in the desert, like you said, there's no Miles Garrett in that game. So hopefully he's healthy against the Cardinals this year. I, I just like watching Kyler Murray play. Quite frankly, he he's almost unique unto himself. Lamar Jackson can do a lot of the same stuff, but Kyler Murray's athleticism, he's he's like five nine or whatever, five foot ten. He's 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 so fun to watch. Totally different kind of of quarterback, but that that game I love. Um Nate, I know I said before we started recording, I didn't do the schedule game. You know, win, loss, win, 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 loss, loss type of thing. But I, I did that since we started recording because I couldn't help myself. You you went 12 and 5, right? Yeah. Do you want to run through it real quick so we can kind of round it out? You want to just quickly fire them off? I, I won't go through the whole schedule. I'll, I'll just yeah. tell you that the outcome? I, have, I have 13 and 4. And I have losses to the Chiefs, the Packers. The Chargers, I think that game could be a a classic, too, by the way. Um, And I have splitting with the Ravens. So I I have the Browns sweeping the Steelers, sweeping the Bengals, splitting with the Ravens. So that's a really nice division record. I think one of the things that, that nobody's talking about with this schedule, everybody always talks like, oh, this is the best game. These are the most important games, and I'm guilty of that, too, as evidenced by how we've been doing this podcast. Nobody talks about the Browns are playing arguably what looks like the worst two teams in the NFL this season, Houston and Detroit. Those yeah. teams are awful, like beyond awful. They're they're like five years ago, Browns awful. So... Yeah, I, I'm going 13 and four. So, your thoughts? I had the same exact loss as you had, but I added the Raiders. I think that's fair. I think, like, like we just said, I, I think that's going to be one of the the critical games of the season. Yeah, um, and I could have gone another. Like there were, I was going back and forth again about Arizona. Like I said, I think that'll be close. Um, mm-hmm. You know. New England, I was going back and forth about that because it's at New England and it's, you know, it's just, you just have to have the respect for Bill Belichick and knowing he's going to um, have something ready for Baker Mayfield. And, um, you know, we, again, we don't know. Is it going to be Cam Newton? Is it going to be Mac Jones? I mean, there, there are some interesting quarterback situations that are going to affect this schedule game too. You know, none more than Aaron Rodgers, but I mentioned Justin Fields earlier. You got this one in New England. Um, you know, there. I'm sure there are other ones here that uh, I'm missing off the top of my head, but it, it, it 
such an intriguing schedule. Oh, basically, oh, from yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Yes. Joe yeah, Burrow. So, so they don't play the Cincinnati Bengals until late because of that backloaded AFC North. And he's mm-hmm. one I'm keeping my eye on. They don't face him for the first time until November 7th, coming off that, that major knee injury and, and surgery. So I think that Joe Burrow would rather have until November 7th to face the Browns in early September. You know, I mean, I, closer to himself by then, theoretically. I, I think those Bengals games, while I think the Browns are going to win both, I think the majority of Browns fans kind of just look at those games as two two wins. I think those games are kind of wild card games a little bit just because you don't know what what Joe Burrow is going to look like. He was really good at, at times before he was hurt. Um, I mean, he threw for 400 yards against the Browns yeah. um, last two, October. Two yeah. close games. I mean, yeah. the Browns win it, needed the game winner from Mayfield to Donovan Peoples-Jones on the one. Right. Um now you'd like to think that this this overhauled Browns defense is gonna, um, you know, have those games looking different this year. But I got a lot, another guy that I got a lot of respect for just watching him and the way he fought last year. So yeah, him and his knee that that's something to keep an eye on. That's another one of those quarterback situations to keep an eye on. And and I think this schedule kind of fell favorably for him when it comes to his matchup with the Browns, getting him later than, rather than sooner. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nate, what do you think the players think about a week 13 bye? I, I know what the public generally thinks. A, a later bye is better. Middle of the season bye is pretty good. Early season bye is is not so great. What do you think the players think of a, a bye that late in the season? Well, I think they'd rather have it earlier for sure um, because of how beat up and how, how much of a grind it is, how, how beat up their bodies get. Um, the one thing that's kind of a little caveat to that is they do have the Thursday night game on October 21st. So that's week seven uh, mm-hmm. against the Broncos. So they call that, the players call that a mini buy because although they have that, that, turnaround none of them like right after they play the cardinals on october 17th they have the Broncos on october 21st i just wish the nfl would do away with thursday games but i know the <laughs> players, i know a lot of the players do too but yeah. the benefit is once you get through that hellish experience of playing on that short turnaround you do get that that long break 10 day or whatever break so after that october 21st thursday night game they don't play again until Halloween. That's when they kick off the AFC North schedule with the Steelers at home. Yeah, that, that's well said with, with the, the mini buy in there, too. I don't know, man. Um, you, you, went, you guys went about a half hour with your, your schedule recap video. Again, everybody can check that out over at beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns. It's Nate, George Thomas, and Steve Dorshuk. And and we've gone a, a I think about a half hour here. Do you have anything? Do you have any other schedule thoughts? I think we've kind of pinched this nickel for as as far as it's going to go. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty good, Dan. I mean, my daughter walked in a couple times while we were recording and turned off the lights on me, so I think it's time. Oh no. Well, 
that that's a theme this week. George Thomas is failing turned off the lights on him. So we, we're going to turn off the lights on, on cover two for this week. Brown's mini camp is, is this weekend rookie mini camp, I should say. Uh, so we will have coverage of that, of course, over beaconjournal.com slash sports slash Browns. But that's going to do it. Again, there's a lot of great stuff covering the, the schedule release. Steve has some um, important games to, to watch from his point of view. Um, the, the Greg Newsom story is awesome, so check that out. And again, Rookie Minicamp, Nate will have full coverage of that, so make sure you're following him on Twitter. He's at by Nate Ulrich. That's going to do it for our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.